0: The Well Rounded
1: Geek.
0: Welcome to the Well Rounded Geek Podcast, episode 36. With me in the studio today is David Ritchie for another Stoner and the Scholar Sports Show where we talk about the latest in sports news and give our opinions or hot takes on sports topics. What's up, man?
1: What's good, dude? Good to be back.
0: We're on a semi-regular schedule. I mean, it was just a little bit over a month ago that we talked. Yeah. Which is hype. Doing better, yeah. We're doing much better. So, we're going to talk the Pistons. We talked the Pistons last time, but the draft just happened. We also had some head coach news that broke a few weeks ago. We're going to talk about uh, the draft in general. We're going to talk about Summer League, some of the off-season roster some discussion on that pretty much. And then we'll talk about the NBA as a whole and finish on the Detroit Lions. Sound good? Sounds great. So we'll start with the head coach hire. So we hired Monty Williams. Amazing. I didn't think it was going to happen. Not at all. Neither of us did. We wanted it to happen. It was
1: best case scenario, but uh, I forget what the one report was that after we didn't get the first pick, or if we got the first pick, I think is what they said, that we were going to, like, pursue him super hard. Uh, obviously, we didn't get the first pick. So after that, I was kind of like, well, that's that's fallen to the the side, and now we wait for, I don't know, Kevin Alley or whoever else was I was so projected. nervous. Dude, I was so nervous. And we're paying Monty a crap ton of money, but you know what? It's well worth it, man, coming here and, and – uh, get this ship on the right track I
0: think so too it was a long wait and that's what had me worried but we got some more details and found out why it was such a long wait so six years 13.8 million a year which is the highest in the NBA that's insane to me it could be up to eight years 100 million with incentives so if he does a good job um and he builds that continues to build that culture and we have a winning team uh they'll keep him for up to eight years 100 million total with incentives. That's just unreal to me because he's never won a championship.
1: Yeah. But he did turn around Phoenix when they were the worst team in the league. He did. And um, he got them to a finals. And that's, I mean, I know nowadays, like the culture nowadays in the NBA is that that doesn't matter. Or it like, feels like it doesn't matter because you didn't win it. But it's to turn around a 19 win Suns, the Suns team, whereas that's like where the Pistons are right now, even worse. And take them to a finals, like, yeah, I believe in that. And I'm all about it.
0: I am too. I'm, exci-
1: I'm excited to see what he does with this core because we've got talent, man. We do.
0: And we're building that core. And you can see it from the draft too. But so the thing is it's not an impact on the team or anything that they can spend. You know, it's it's up to the owners, the ownership on how much they're willing to drop for a coach. Right. You know what I mean? So, obviously, mm-hmm. he really cared about it.
1: He And he, I think he valued, or Gore's valued, uh, Monty and so does Weaver, mm-hmm. you know, and what he can bring to the table and the things that he's done. So
0: They said that his wife had breast cancer, or she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah. I think there's a positive outlook towards it because of how early they caught it, but that's why he... Wasn't going to coach after he was let go from the Suns for some time. He was going to take some time off. But I think from that presser that we saw when they introduced him, that's sort of the reason he actually decided to sign with the Pistons outside of the money. You know, that's still a lot of money. But he said that Tom Gorris really cared about family and taking care of his wife and making sure that all her medical stuff was going to be paid for and – I think that's what also nudged him in the right direction, you know? And that was surprising to me. I don't usually have a good outlook towards Tom Gorris. Do you feel <laughs> the same way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really – didn't know much about him and just the way the Pistons have been under his ownership it hasn't been great. But uh, it's good to see that, and that shows you that, like, there's more to it than basketball. And the guy, that guy, who is the top guy who owns the team, understands that and like i think that's part of like fitting into a culture and make or building a culture and making it and uh you know it starts from there and then you got weaver you've got monty and then it just trickles down to these these young cats and i'm excited man the future in detroit pistons basketball is like hella bright it is and i we've got moves to make and there's things that the team needs to do still obviously that happens you know the changes come and go every season but Uh, we are in a much better predicament than we were this time last year,
0: I think. I was so defeated after that season ended, too. So, like, anything that can spark... And then I was... Our last episode, we were just complaining about falling to fifth, and we were so defeated. We didn't even know the prospects were available at four and five, you know? Like, we were so set on one, two, and then possibly, like, Brandon Miller at three or something, you know? Right. And it was defeating but then yeah you see the light and you see the the cool thing and I brought this up with you before the pod is at that presser they were speaking about restore 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 they weren't talking about rebuilding anymore they're talking about restoring the Detroit Pistons and how the Detroit Pistons of the past like those really good defensive things like that right I appreciate that I feel like they're finally getting the right pieces and they have the culture. You know, like some of those other younger teams in the NBA, Houston for example, they're known to have a rough culture because they have all this young talent but they sort of act out, like they're not disciplined.
1: Right, they didn't feel like they're um for some reason if there was a lot of like there was a lot of talk with them and like Stephen Silas last year like not like he couldn't get them. Yeah. Like under, and he's
0: over with us now, you know that. Like yeah. he's on. That's the other thing is Monty Williams is bringing a stellar staff, mm-hmm. like top guys. Yeah, in I'm the excited NBA. to have
1: him as an assistant.
0: Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. He has head coaching experience, but yeah, we have the culture, and now we're starting to get the pieces. It's just I want to see how this team looks all together, especially right. with with how this draft went. But the cool thing is at that presser. All the teammates came out to support Monty, except for Bojan. I think I don't even know if he's like in America.
1: <laughs> right, he might. He's probably do.
0: on his way off this team, in my opinion, because yeah. he's worth so much money. They're probably trying to trade him. But right. all the players came out. They didn't have to. Monty Williams said that's like the first time that's ever happened. And then in any um, of his
1: pressers or any of his yeah yeah.
0: And then they're saying without a coach this whole summer they've sort of been self-organizing and holding their own practices and stuff like
1: they want to be great dude that's the thing and i know we talked about it a little bit off air too but that's what i keep hearing is like they are putting the time in they're trying they're getting together they're they're playing together they're trying to gel they're trying to mesh this is all before even preseason and all this stuff like they want to be ba- or they want to be good so bad and now you put them with, I think that's why they all showed up because they know the type of impact that Monty has had. And throughout the their short time in the league, some of those guys, at least, you talk to people, you make relationships with other coaches or whatever, you know. Uh, there's a lot of guidance and a lot of, like, inner, in, I guess, inner guidance in the NBA. Like, a lot of these players and coaches are all helping each other, it kind of seems like, or giving advice or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they were all, they all seem hyped to get this coach that's going to, that's done great things with another team full of young, you know, young players.
0: And they're all entrenched. Like every team is sort of entrenched with one another because they all. Someone on a team has a relationship with another team or another 12 teams, you know? Exactly. Did you hear Monty Williams was saying? A lot of connections. He was prying with some of his connections throughout the NBA to see if he could get any dirt on any of our players. Did you hear about that? I remember you telling me about it. No one had like a scratch. So we just have like Troy's built this team. It's not good character guys, too. But they have good character, man, Mm -hmm. and they want to win, they want to play well and they're disciplined it's just it hasn't come together yet and I'm just hopeful but let's talk about the draft we'll talk about the assets that we we gained and just see this vision like coming together right before our eyes so we had the fifth and then we had the what do we have originally the 31st of the second round yeah we ended up with the fifth and then the 25th in the first we traded some second round picks which I can talk about later but it's blowing my mind how he's Moving some of these assets that we have because we're really not gonna have much left now. Like I'm hype that Troy Weaver's doing it, but we don't have much left to have like any crazy trades in the future, which is scary. But yeah. with the fifth pick, we drafted Asar Thompson. And then with the 25th pick, we drafted Marcus Sasser. I wasn't aware of who Marcus Sasser is. I knew who Asar Thompson was once I started to dig into yeah. you know, the top 10 available picks. Right
1: prospects, yeah.
0: Yeah, so give me your thoughts on Asar Thompson and Marcus
1: Sasser. I think it's, um, well, at five, the best case scenario of the players that were available um, fits in with the defensive culture. Um Got to work on his shooting, but I mean, I feel like that's something that can always be that, like, isn't a difficult thing to improve on. I guess that's easier said than done, uh, for me to say, you know, but young guys, um, the type of player that he is, he seems like like his stats, uh, the last season, he was like 16 points per game regular season, and then that jumped up to 21 in the playoffs, like... Guy's a scorer, can get the ball in, just got to practice on that shooting, man. That's just repetition, I feel like.
0: Yeah, and the thing for me, like Killian Hayes, for example, you would have thought he would develop more of a a shot. But the issue is it's the players that, don't have confidence. Asar Thompson seems like he has confidence. Like he does, and he has a decent stroke. It's not like an ugly shot or anything. And like right. you said, it improved throughout the year. You know, he had thirty percent from three by the end of the year. That's not ideal from what you like to see coming to the NBA because usually they drop significantly. Like I think Cade had something absurd, like forty percent, right? And then he dropped. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get it back this year. But still, you can see the growth. He's a freak athlete, so is his brother. The thing yeah. for me is we needed a wing defender. Like exactly. we, our defense was dude, it was so bad last year and when I would bring up some of the stats of how many points we would uh, allow per game and stuff mm-hmm. and it would blow your mind. That's not the Detroit Pistons, man. Like that's right. definitely not what Troy Weaver's trying to do. It's
1: just like we suck. And you can't you guys can't give up that many points. No. So even if you score in bunches, you can't give up that many points.
0: The offensive upside of the guy is great, but I just want a solid defender right now. And then if he can reach a higher ceiling, right. sign me up. Like yeah. if if we can have someone who can, you know, guard those first three positions and let uh Ivy and Cade focus on other players. Like if we can have Think about Thompson guarding the best player on the opposing team. Cater Ivy doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Right, they you know what I mean.
1: It makes it a little bit easier for them on it offense. It does. So
0: they can figure everything out, and if he develops a shot, it's just going to be that much better. But then we also drafted Marcus Sasser. What are your thoughts on him?
1: I like that as a backup point guard. Um, I know we were just talking about this, but there was like the concern with some of his – uh, with what people were saying was his size, but we looked it up and he's six two. So that's he's he's the size and even taller than some of
0: the greats in the NBA right had now. Yeah, the
1: greats and even you know just the guys who make it into the league. Like it's it's not like he's five ten or five eleven mm-hmm. or something. Now he's Mugsy. He's six, yeah. He's six two. Mean. He can shoot the lights out. Um, and uh, you sent me a highlight earlier, and it looked like he was a decent score, and I know we talked and he said that you you were saying that he has some of that trouble scoring inside which makes sense for being only 6-2 but I'm happy with a shooter and um, a guard that can play defense as well so if you three and d that's fine with me man <laughs> it Seemed to me like I'll take that
0: dude it seemed like a Killian Hayes replacement to me because right. Killian can't score and he's a great defender. Like, he's one of our best defensive players, but he he's, can't I think he's score. one of the better
1: guard defenders in the league.
0: Uh, yeah. But the problem is. It only goes he, so far for you, though. Yeah. If he's not going to score, if he's not going to do anything else. Right. He's going to be
1: replaced. He's not. Killing doesn't score great or efficiently at any level. Right. You know, so it's like. If he was a great or a, an efficient scorer at any three level, then it would be a little different, I think, for him. But, you know, after a while, guy is who he is, you know?
0: He's not developing the way that they had foreseen. And today's
1: game is you need that. You need that outside shooting. You need so, to be able to space the ball. Killian doesn't help you do right.
0: that. Right. Sasser's going to give you that because he's a 38.4% three-point shooter,
1: okay? He might have some streaky, like, shot selection with that. Sure, but, but that can get better with better coaching right. and, you know, just better decision making in a grown up game, you know, uh-huh. a grown up league. You can't do that shit in good time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to worry. Same with uh, a I know we touched earlier off off air that he uh, could be turnover prone. Well, you're gonna have to tighten that shit up. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he will. Yeah, that's where Monty
0: Williams comes into play with these young kids. It's so clutch to get Monty, man. I think so too, because his staff is just elite. Like everyone that we got on that staff that's been announced so far, I'm just like foaming at the mouth. I'm excited about that. Exactly, it
1: gets you. There's there's more excitement coming for Detroit when it seemed kind of the last two seasons like, all right, we're kind of leveling off here. There's not a whole, you know, we we haven't been great even with the young guys that we have got, but um, there's a ton of upside now. Healthy. Guys are healthy. That coach, they're putting in the work. I I'm just excited to see what happens from here. See what um I know you're probably gonna transition into this, but what type of trades play out and who we can yeah. who we can move around and yeah, because
0: I want to touch on like what you see for the rest of this off season, or just our roster in general. I know we've talked about it in the past. Yeah,
1: I haven't looked in depth of like what type of money we're working with, um, but I know that we wanted to touch on Bagley and Bojan.
0: Yeah, like those I think they are still the, like the glaring
1: have... obvious questions on our roster.
0: Do they still have a place? on this team with how this team's developing. And I just I don't know because they are that, paid so
1: much right, that's and the they scary don't play part. D. Can you move them? There was all types of talks last year about Bojan being moved, but that didn't happen, obviously. And it's like, why not? If if that's going to happen now, why didn't you do it then? You're not going to get any better of offers, I would think, now than you did then. Um, but again, then again, I don't even remember what we were being offered for him. so.
0: I feel like it was underwhelming for what we wanted, but we could definitely still move Bojan. We just I,
1: paid Bagley.
0: Bagley is paid so much, and he's so injury prone, and he plays no defense. I loved the Bagley signing at the time because mm-hmm. we didn't have bigs. Remember, like right? we didn't have bigs that could score. Yeah, we went to that game; he was beast mode, and we were like, "Oh fuck yeah!" Yep. But if he can't stay healthy and he can't play D, man, I want nothing to do with it because we still have Wiseman now, Stewart. We got Durant, <laughs> like we got Bigs. We do, and now we're sort of in a position where I don't really know where we're going with these Bigs, with Stewart too. And Stewart can shoot; like he's, he's, he's gotten he, better. He developed his three. He developed a better shot than Killian Hayes has developed. <laughs> you know, like I like Stewart. Me so. too.
1: I would like to keep Stewart right now. If you got four centers, right? Four center or power is whatever they're positioned at. If I had to get rid of anyone, it would be... Um, Marvin Bagley? Bagley. Yeah,
0: I would too, and I feel bad about it. I don't know how we're going to move him, but and then I feel like we have to move Bojan the way that this team's shaking out now because... Well, maybe
1: we can package those two together.
0: <laughs> I hope we can package someone for Cam Johnson because I don't feel like the Nets are going to let him... Because he's restricted, so I don't know if they're going to let him go easily right if if a team's willing to match and they're willing to like
1: because they're somewhat in like a restore thing right now too and cam johnson's young and and a good player so Mm -hmm. why let him go for you know would you let would they trade him for they're obviously not going to trade him for bagley are they going to trade him for bojan and 34 year old bojan or 33 or whatever it is
0: i think we could find a way to package bojan with some with
1: a pick or something
0: the problem is, we don't have many yeah. picks to move now because he's been moving so many picks, man. Right. It's like, and we don't want to give up. You don't want to give any more first round picks because we're still not good. So, I don't know. I just really want Cam Johnson. Imagine this team with Cam Johnson. It would be so much more complete just from one player like that. Like, we need I agree. to move. The needle even further. And Cam
1: Johnson is a scorer and plays defense, man. Yes. Like, sign like, me the fuck up We need someone for exactly that. like him, dude. Seriously, we do.
0: That's like the missing piece. I'm praying that we get him somehow. I'm just trying to manifest it, dude, because I just feel like this team, from the draft, it's definitely taking a step forward, but this team's still only like a, what would you say, like 30-win team in your – as sad as that makes me <laughs> feel to even say,
1: as sad mean. it's like less than twenty games better than yeah they were. But you know, it's it's still year one or a new regime and Cade being back like I, that wouldn't surprise me. But if then if you get Cam therapy.
0: Johnson for some reason, that skyrockets it astronomically.
1: Like I feel like we could
0: compete you for think the with last Cam
1: Johnson. We're playing for a play in spot.
0: I think so too. <laughs>
1: And that's how close we are, but how far away we
0: also are. Like we need those proven players instead of just yeah. young talent. And the more
1: we think about it, man, like I feel like when you comes to those restricted, like a lot of the times they stay where they're at. Yeah, because they're you know, comfortable like that happened there. with Aiden last year, right? Like he signed with Indy, and then they matched, but now they're now they want to get rid of him. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, they always note. do. They're now they're trying to get rid of or trying to get off Aiden because of his. Oh, who knows? But it's probably that playoff performance. But
0: yeah, he tends to not play when they actually need him to. Yeah. But yeah, and they paid I'm, him
1: a a lot of money. They did, and everybody's they're looking like, damn! I wish we'd have just left him, <laughs> let him go, <laughs> let well, him. That's walk the other and go thing to too. It's like. I don't
0: want to go into a massive bidding war with the Nets for Cam Johnson. Like, Cam Johnson would be an awesome piece for this team. He's a great player, but I'm not trying to drop a bag on Cam Johnson. Break the bank. Exactly. Because we still are going to have the core four that are going to need to get paid soon enough from their rookie contracts eventually, you know? So it's like, I don't know. It's a tough landscape, and in my personal opinion, Troy has not proven that he... Is good in that area. He's drafted well. Like I think majority of his players outside of Killian Hayes have made those all rookie teams, but he hasn't really proven to me that he like is really good at signing free agents or he does some yeah. like finessing with the trades. We in have a way. not.
1: We have not signed. Other
0: than uh, the one that surprised me was jeremy grant like that was shocking right that was like why is he coming here that's hype but outside of that it's been ass it's been like mason Plumley and like right you know <laughs> yeah Kojo. <laughs> right god
1: super disappointing but he's gone right he's not on the team anymore
0: he probably won't be i don't know if his contract ended this year or not but definitely the way we've been drafting and and he's how gotta been. go because we still have burks and stuff so i would assume so right um But, yeah, the final thing I wanted to talk about with the Pistons is the Summer League. That's July 8th, 9th, 12th, and the 14th. Uh, The 9th is against the Rockets, which seems like we're starting to get a little bit of a beef with them because of Jalen Green and Cade. But now they have Eamon Thompson, Thompson, Asar Thompson's twin brother. Yep. So Asar got asked about it, and he said, we're going to kill him, which made me hype. Love to hear it. So I'm going to be tuning in for some of those summer league games, especially against the Rockets. And I'm looking forward to seeing how these young players play. They said Ivy Duran, Wiseman, and Livers are going to play at least one game. So at least we get to see some of the people we're looking forward to play sooner than, you know, the NBA season. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, me too. I definitely want to catch the games and and watch Thompson and see what he's – what he's all about.
0: I know you get a feel right away when you see them playing against men.
1: Overtime Elite was a G League team, right? Yes. Oh no. yes. It's
0: one of like it's not as highly in my opinion highly respected as um what's it called? What's the other one? It's the Ignite or something like that.
1: Ali Kevin Ali was whatever team he was coaching. Yeah.
0: But I've heard OTE is not as respected as the other other... minor league program so I don't know but I'm just hyped to see them even though it's a bunch of the young kids that play in summer league I'm hyped to see them play in an NBA format and against some of the more experienced players because Wiseman for example he's been in the league for a minute and he's going to play at least one game Right, you're going to have players like that um But, okay, we'll move on to just talk about the NBA landscape as a whole. We'll talk about some of the trades that have broke within the last week or two. So, the Wizards initially got Chris Paul, Landry Shamet, a second or a couple seconds. And then the Suns got Beal, Goodwin, and Todd. That was a pretty random and crazy trade, but you can see that the Suns are trying to pivot. And like reshape their team. So then they ended up yeah. turning that trade into trading Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors. The Wizards did. And yeah. then Jordan Poole ended up going <laughs> to, to the Washington, Wizards. To for a twenty thirty first. Uh, and then I think a second in like 2027 or something they Damn. totally wanted to get rid of jordan Poole, dude
1: yeah they got him up out of there for chris paul that was a
0: complete
1: change of heart that's from, so crazy that chris paul steph curry like that's gonna be a crazy dynamic i don't know if it's gonna be a good dynamic though bro <laughs> because he can't play d at all like he looks so old out there you know yeah yeah so the cool thing to me well, he is he can just brain. bring the ball up and facilitate and get, yeah, curry the shots where he needs to. And yeah, you're right though, if he's a liability on defense, it's not going to help, especially in the playoffs. Oh, they struggled. The whole point of the Warriors
0: being good was if their amazing shooting for some reason was on an off night, they could play some pretty damn good defense and still win right that's not the case anymore like you saw how they played against the Lakers if if they can't score they struggle defensively so right right I don't know how that Chris Paul trade is going to help them we'll see I think Jordan Poole was just I don't have any ill will towards the guy but it seemed like he was sort of a toxic like they weren't they weren't messing with his demeanor right and he wasn't getting any minutes in the playoffs dude, yeah. against the lakers when you would think they need someone like that so that was uh it seems like in the works for like the entire year after that Draymond punch yeah right but i'm intrigued by this bradley beal going to the suns what do you think about
1: that i don't know how i feel about it i don't know uh i hear it, he gets injured a lot and then yeah I don't know, man. I just – he's never – even with John Wall, they were never – I think they only made the playoffs once or twice. I don't know. He's a scorer, but they got scorers. You know? mm-hmm. It's like, what else can you do? What else are you going to do to fill out that team? When you can't move Aiton, you've got a roster still to build. They have hella spots open. Their bench is not deep anymore or at all, mm-hmm. and you've got three scorers. You know, and Katie's just getting older. Katie's still great, but it's another season. You know, I don't know, man. I think they're probably better than where they were with him, and you know, Chris Paul declining in age and what he can do on the other side of the ball. But I don't know if it's like enough to win a championship. No, which is the definitely what they are investing for. You know, I don't think they, they can don't. They're not member. making that move with like no. a, the the number one thing. Thought in their head is this brings us, you know, a step closer to what we want, which is the ultimate goal. Yeah. I, I'm not sure it does.
0: <laughs> I just want to see KD, Beale, and Devin Booker
1: play with each other. I want to see how that looks. I know. How it works. It could be really fun. It could be on nights like historically scoring, you know, but at the same time, like, I don't know. KD's a decent defender. I think Booker is all right too so i don't know maybe beal doesn't have to worry about too much pressure on the defensive side of the ball yeah but you know it, it'll it remains to be seen it'll be fun to watch them i'm sure though
0: i just feel like the west is like a murderer's row at this point you it's know ages. i mean the whole nba is but that leads me to the celtics they traded to get uh porzingis they traded the wizards or the Wizards were involved, and the Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies got Marcus Smart, Celtics ended up getting Przingis a 23rd first and a 24 first, which is insane to me that that's how it worked out. But the Celtics are trying to improve, I guess, at that position. What do you think of that trade?
1: That was a three-team, right, because mm-hmm. it was Memphis – You said it was the Memphis, Wizards, and then Boston? Yeah. That's where Porzingis was, right? Wizards. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's hard for me to keep up. He's bounced around a lot. I don't know. I think it's, see, like, I don't know. He's another guy who gets injured. He's like that tall, lanky, you know, who always got to worry about the leg injuries. And then, I mean, on paper, it sounds really fun. It sounds cool. But is that the missing piece? I, I don't know.
0: I feel like the Celtics are sort of reeling, and we're going to see what happens with Jalen Brown too. But Right,
1: exactly. There's still questions on him. You lose him, like Jason Tatum and Porzingis doesn't like wow me or mm-hmm. make me think that they're going to win no. a title, you know, unless Porzingis can somehow pop back into like his rookie form, you know. Yeah. Or I think that was his rookie year. He was like really good, but I don't know. It's interesting to see. I love – when like it gets shaken up, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's cool to think about what you know. A guy like Porzingis, because he can bring a stretch, um, a stretch five. He brings that presence, so that could open up a lot of things for other players, you know, on the court. So it's kind of fun to think about. And you still, if they still have Jalen Brown, it's like you got you got three All Stars. They've all been an All Star. Um, Jason Tatum is elite. So. It could be fun. It could get them over the hump of, you know, a Miami or whatever. But there's still a lot that could be done in the, there, too. You know, Miami yeah. is definitely looking to uh, grab another talent because I think that's all they missed. I mean, they just missed. The, the Nuggets were so deep. Mm-hmm. And they uh, were just so consistent. They were just like that that sharp tool, man. You just can't you, can't, you couldn't beat that. Right. But I think, you know, if, like, say Miami gets Dame Lillard, like, okay, now you're, now you compete. Now you got a guy who can go out there and just flat out get buckets. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what they were missing. They were missing that straight, go get me a bucket guy. Like, Jimmy Butler's not that consistently, you know? Not and, anymore. And, he's and their shooters old. aren't that consistently either. They don't come up big time. Duncan Robinson's not big time. He's not... Like you think of back in the day, like Robert Horry was a big time shooter when he needed to be. You know, Duncan Robinson's not that. Tyler Hero missed that whole playoffs. You put Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard there though, that changes a lot.
0: I heard he was pissed too that they didn't try to move from their pick.
1: I heard that too. That, that so that could they, shake up
0: some stuff. They ended up getting scooped, but there it's the time to be an NBA fan though because there's going to be so many things that come out with this, the rest of the soft season, it's already just getting started. Right. You know, so I'm curious to see what else happens. That East is, in my opinion, starting to become more open than it has been in the past because the teams like the 76ers and the Celtics, they're sort of still trying to retool because they're not succeeding with this, the rosters that they've had. So the Pistons really do have a better trajectory now, but I just wanted to finish the conversation with the NBA talking about the Pistons and how we got better, but how all these other teams are still really good and they're getting better too. I feel like when you look at your team's draft, like we have done with the lions, like we do with the tigers, with the wings, you yeah. look, you look just at your draft and then all these people on the radio talk about it. Like we're talking about it. You dissect the picks, but How did the others draft? What are the moves others are making? I feel like the Pistons got better, but some of these teams, dude, they're just so much better, and they're making massive moves. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know how we're going to catch up with some of those teams within the next decade. You know, it's like you really have to in the NBA now have some of the best players in the entire league, at least – one or two because the way jamal murray was playing with denver was like the best point guard in the playoffs in my opinion Seriously, he was playing lights out man and then jokers by far the in my opinion the best player in the nba so yeah that's why you had that the pistons just don't have that dude so like i'm really happy with this draft i'm excited with the coaching hire i'm excited for the future but there's just so much more work to do And you can see how hard it is. Like we're talking about the Celtics coming up short, uh, the Heat coming up short, you know, the Lakers always coming up short. It's like, it's just so hard to win in this league.
1: Yeah, 100%, man.
0: And it's such a buzzkill when you think of it like that. I'm still hype about. Yeah,
1: there's a long ways for our our team.
0: So the crazy thing is we're going to transition into our final topic, the Detroit Lions, which usually we would never talk about that The Lions have come a long way because usually they're at the bottom of the totem pole, but we're finally favored to win our division this year. We talked about our schedule last episode. We gave our predictions. I just wanted to break down a few things that have happened since our last episode. So we had OTAs. Uh, There was more information about the JMO situation that we'll talk about, and then we'll briefly talk about training camp. So have you seen some of the discussions from OTAs about how good Sam Laporta is looking. Yeah,
1: I keep. it feels like every other day there's a new report about Laporta just being like – like I think yesterday or it was this morning, um, Dan Campbell said he's poised for a big role in his rookie season, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. I sent you that clip the other day, I think, of uh, Kittle, George Kittle talking – Praising him and saying how we got a steal of the draft. Yeah, like the best player, the yep. bl- best tight end in the draft. Yep, and that's just kind of what you've been, what we've been hearing the whole time is he's the best. Like I forget, it was like right when the rookies reported and they were doing stuff. Somebody reported that that day he was easily like the best player on the field. And, and, and I was that's watching, dude, freaking exciting. I was watching some Especially highlights of with all. I don't want to say Hawkinson was. So much of a bust because he's still like a decent player, but he wasn't where like for where we picked him, the production wasn't there. But like him, the Ebrons of the world, like guys who we've drafted so high and just not showed up at that position Mm -hmm. to get somebody like this, it's like super exciting that we can put in into the offense that was top five last year. Sign me up with that, man. And Gibbs too. It's like, dude, we're just loading it up and we loaded our defense up. Like this could poise for a very interesting and exciting year for the city of detroit beyond like our expectations i think
0: i think so too so that's ironic that you brought up gibbs and the defense because those were the other things that came out of those otas apparently gibbs looks incredible as a wide receiver yeah like he's insanely fluid and he runs routes like a full-blown wide receiver right out of the bag and i was watching him making some cuts and stuff and i was like
1: dude i know the way he moves I was mind
0: blown. I was like, "Okay, I can see why." Because I was sort of like thrown off. It felt like we reached for him at where we drafted him. Yeah, you know? I think
1: everybody was initially thrown off by that. But besides, like, there were some of those analysts that like knew what we were trying to do and what Gibbs brings to the table. Yeah, and like, I didn't what? know. I didn't know. The player, you know, right. when he announced it. I'm like, okay, running back out of Alabama. or what, Right? At Bama it is? Yeah. Is that where he came from? I'm like, okay. You know, you hear Bama's decent school, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I don't know who he is. And they start talking about him, and you hear, you know, could be the the comparison, the high comparison is an Alvin Kamara. Like, shit, how could you not, like, start to be hype about that, you know? And then the things you we've continued to hear so far, it's like, oh, man. This is poison for um, a big turnaround in this for that team. You know, like just yeah, th- pieces are all coming together, and you got the right guys leading the ship as far as the coaching and the organization. And uh, what an exciting time to be a Detroit Lions fan because what this came like it ha- it's happened decently, and it hasn't even happened yet. But just the potential that we have in the way we finished last year—quick compared to how bad. Yeah to how long we've been bad. We were so bad. And the shit that we've seen and the hype that we've had over certain people coming to take over the team and, you know, the way that those things played out and even some of the other talent that we've had, I mean, we have, we've had greats, Matthew Stafford, great quarterback, Uh, Calvin Johnson, obviously hall of fame wide receiver and it's never felt like it feels now.
0: I know it's crazy. If you think about it that way, like this just feels different and Mm -hmm. we shouldn't, I'm thinking about it now. We give Steve Iserman all this room to rebuild the Red Wings. We've given Troy Weaver all this room. We gave Avila all that room with the Tigers, (laughs) and he was terrible. We're going to give Scott Harris even more leeway now because of what he inherited from Avila. Mm -hmm. Brad Holmes and crew has needed significantly less time, and they inherited – Such a mess of a roster. I know. So if they do have an amazing year like they're slated to have, if they do win the division, if they do win a playoff game, for God's sakes, Yeah holy shit, what are the other GMs doing? Because all the other GMs are stressing, like, patience, patience. We were in such a bad spot. We need to build up this young core. Then we need to get the right culture, and then blah, blah, blah. No. Brad Holmes was like, I'm just going to hit instantly on my first draft. I'm going to move Stafford because – this is probably the last time we'll be able to move him for some assets and your right. teams need him. I feel like that was a mutual trade and what we got back has been great so far because we got picks and he's Goff's been serviceable. He's he's in my opinion the best quarterback in this division now and we're loading him up with weapons so that he's not exposed the way he was, you know, like yeah. if he needs to bail out, he can bail out to Jameer Gibbs, eventually Jmo will stop messing around and he'll be back and he'll be wide open or something, you know? So right. Br- what Brad Holmes has done here and Dan Campbell, because Dan Campbell's obviously built the culture and I was sketched with that hire at first because I felt like I didn't trust. I don't know why I was sketched. I just felt like he was a meathead. I was completely wrong. I'm eating my words. He's insanely intelligent and he's yeah. a badass and his players want to play for him and he emulates the culture that you know he's trying to build if they can win and have a successful year dude that's just crazy to me because all of our other teams are in such a slow process with that you know but the other thing i wanted to talk about with the lions is they're saying even though our offense is supposed to be elite our defense actually was looking delicious in yeah. otas and they were making the offense look bad At some times because our secondary is so much better. So that excites me because our defense, like you said, they struggled. And then our offense, like you said, was top five and they should be even better. And if we're playing insanely well defensively in OTAs, I know it's early against one of these top offensive units with a great line and and weapons. That's exciting to me too because if this Lions team had just a decent defense last year, yeah. we would have made the playoffs. Hundred percent. So
1: if we won one more game, you know, mm-hmm. we were we were in. So there's uh yeah, just hearing that, it's like it it's like completed. Like it sounds like things are like fitting in place right where they need to be, and we're poised to make like a run i i hope which is nuts to even say i can't even like believe the words i'm so nervous to even speak about this because we're gonna be just depressed but because we do this to ourselves all the time but
0: we'll be depressed together on a podcast episode in like a few months the other thing i wanted to talk about with the lions before we end the show is the jamo situation so he was suspended for six weeks for betting on a college game that was bad I was pissed, you know, and I was talking ish with you because I just (laughs) feel like he has some character issues. But now it's come out that he actually bet on a college game while in a team hotel room out of state because I guess the teams might be associated with a specific hotel, even out of state. So he obviously had no clue about that, you know, Like That is such a small, minuscule infraction and they're saying that they don't even want to appeal it because the NFL just likes to, you know, use someone as a scapegoat and they make the suspension even longer if they deny him, you know? Oh, really? So yeah. So he's just going to take it on in the chin. But how whack is that, dude?
1: It's terrible. I feel like it's a horrible, like, call. But it is exactly that. It happened with Ridley. And now J Mo, like they're trying to make an example. Yeah, to they're making players, examples. But if which it is was. bullshit. Dude, if he was betting on circum- it. The circumstances are bullshit. They are.
0: And if that's the case with him, there are going to be so many more suspensions because you cannot convince me that oh, other people have That other not guys done aren't it. gambling? Yeah. Not that way. I mean, gambling, yeah, but. If you could get caught by accidentally just being on the Wi-Fi at like in a completely different state at just a team's hotel right. that you didn't even realize your team owned or had, you know, rooms there. Right. So many people are gonna get caught with that and they're gonna make a huge thing about it, dude. Yeah. I bet you there's a second wave. It'll to be, be a honest. story. It will be. But <laughs> once he
1: comes back,
0: I'm so excited to see this offense. See, it's
1: it just sucks, though. It's like, man, six games. You gotta start the gear off without, you know, who's supposed to be your second, your number two wide out, you know? it's like
0: Especially after he missed 12. Yeah. I think it was 12 last almost year. Almost all last year, yeah. yeah. I just want to see him play. I want to see if he's actually what we think he can be. Right. You know, we just haven't seen that. Exactly.
1: So. We haven't gotten the full time to see it. And it's like, man, your first two years, obviously injuries happen and you can't do anything about that. And this was a dumb thing that happened, but it just sucks, man. It's like, dude, I was... Like you just said, looking forward to seeing him and if he's really, you know, that guy where he like went and if he's a, could be a top receiver like that. Yeah.
0: I know. We'll get to see though, week seven. And he's, I don't know if he's able to practice with the team, but he's been practicing in OTAs. He had some rough moments, but then I guess he looked really good towards the end there. So yeah. we'll see. And we'll have more conversations about the Lions because training camp will be starting late July, early August, and then we'll be transitioning into that fall football season. So we'll be talking about that then. The last thing I wanted to mention at the end of this show was it's not David's forte, but the Red Wings draft is coming up June 28th to the 29th. On June 28th, we have two picks. In the first round, we have number 9 and 17. I'm excited for that. Then in the second round, we have three consecutive picks. We have 41, 42, and 43. So that's five picks within the first two rounds. I really hope Steve Eiserman, hockey's my-ish. I really hope Steve Eiserman can continue to add more depth and, and turn things around quickly with the wings too because I just want the wings to be so good, man. I, I really do i need these detroit teams to get their act together but all right man well thanks again for recording with me and thanks for recording we recorded like close to a month so we're on a more consistent <laughs> hell yeah hopefully we basis. can keep it going man yeah i'll talk to you again soon before i end this episode i want to shout out the elite supplement brand caged caged was born of a need for ultra premium health focused products that actually work if you would like to learn some more about caged as well as their products you can click the link in my instagram bio as well as the link associated with this episode you can also use my promo code jg15 to save 15 percent on your order
1: the well-rounded key